welcome to the Faith Heights Church audio podcast. We pray that this message will bless you and feed your faith as you listen in today. So, put you have on the screen there the year of the local church. So, I thought I thought I should tell you what I think that means because I, I sense the same thing in my heart. Um, what I believe that means is 2021, we're going to see the full power of the church. We've seen nice religious organizations. We've seen nice teaching centers. But I believe there's a lot more power in the church than we've been appropriating. And back in the early church, you know, back 2,000 years ago in the book of Acts, it said that people on the outside actually feared the church. Not, not in a bad way, but just reverential fear for the church because they could tell the power of God was there. Jesus was real. <laughs> right? And you didn't just be flippant, flippant about the things of God. And they said no man even dared to join themselves to them after a while because such reverence in the church was being expressed. And the honor of God was falling and all kinds of good things were taking place. And, and some not so good things on people that came against and lied and persecuted. But we're about to see the full power of the church. And here's, here's two things that Jesus really, really, really wants this year. I'm not just saying this by myself. I believe Kenneth Hagin said it. Brother Copeland said it. I sense it in my spirit. There's two things that the Lord really wants for your life and our lives together in 2021. He wants to build strong local churches. And number two, he wants everybody in those churches to learn more so to flow with the Holy Spirit. These are two things he wants for the church. And so when you see the 2021 is the year of the local church, you should get excited because that, you're a part of that local church. We did a teaching, oh, many years ago. I think it was, I don't know, 13 years ago, maybe even since then, a, a partial teaching on this, of what we called understanding the local church. A lot of people think that because they're a part of the universal church, they don't really need to be a part of a local church. I'm already saved. I'm already going to heaven. Well, Jesus has something different in mind. He, he knows we're a part of the universal church, you know, family in heaven, family on earth, people that are born again. But Jesus also wanted local churches established so people could be involved in a local church as well as the universal church of those in heaven and on earth. So I want you to notice, turn to Ephesians chapter 4. And Father, as we're turning to this scripture here, we just pray that the revelation you want us to get, we'll get it. We'll see what you want us to see. We do believe, Father, that you want your churches strong. You want your churches powerful. You want your churches reaching out like never before. And we're asking, Lord, to open our eyes during these teachings. Help us to understand what you want us to see and what you want us to be involved with and what you want us to do. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. So in Ephesians chapter 4. So let's talk some more, because, you know, really, I mean, did we, in our last series, get to the point where we understood everything we needed to know about the local church? Probably not. All right. Um, but we've grown some since then, and we'll be able to hear some other things now that we weren't able to hear back then, because we have grown. We can handle it. We can see it in a different light. So in Ephesians chapter 4, I want you to notice in verse 11. The Bible's talking about Jesus after he rose from the dead. It says, Jesus gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting, excuse me, for the perfecting or the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Now, we know the body of Christ is also called the church, if you read through scriptures. So one of the things I want you to see right up front here is that Jesus has given certain men and women empowerment to be apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers for the equipping or the maturing of the saints. 
so that saints can do the work of the ministry and the body of Christ can be built up like it's supposed to be and we can be doing fully what God intended for us to do. And so you're in, you're in a local church today. All right, what's this all about? Is it just a good idea? Is it just something that, you know, it's on our calendar so we, we got to do it, you know? I mean, are we here because, you know, we feel like, you know, God's going to be mad at us if we're not here? I mean, th those are all not real good reasons to be here. We're here because... Jesus wants us here. I mean, you've got to watch out about going to a church because you like the pastor so much because that pastor might flake out and you might not want to go to church anymore. Better go for the Lord's sake because there's no perfect people in the church. Well, I'm going to go because that person was so nice. What if they're not nice someday? Go because Jesus wants you to go and don't leave unless he tells you to leave. Right? I mean, that's the way it's supposed to be. A lot of people have left churches saying, I'm led to go, but it wasn't the Lord leading them. They said it was, but it was anger leading them. It was them not getting in their way that led them. It was them getting offended that led them. Don't say the Lord, unless you're saying the Lord of darkness. I mean, come on. The, the, the offense, anger, and strife is not God leading you to or from anything. All right, there may be a Lord there, but it's the Lord of darkness, right? I mean, come on. I'm led of the Lord. Well, I can tell which Lord's leading you. <laughs> Come on, man. When people leave a local church, it's supposed to be a, a joyful, sad time. We all know it's God, and you're launching out into something the Lord told you to do, and we're actually going to take up an offering for you on your way out. But most people don't leave that way. Most people would rather go away from where they're supposed to be instead of grow up in that place they're supposed to be. And a lot of one of the coolest things about a local church is you have opportunity to mature in a local church. You have opportunity to mature, grow up. No pain, no gain, right? But cool, think about this, you have an opportunity to grow up in an atmosphere where Jesus is Lord, where love is supreme. Wouldn't you rather grow up here than out there on your own? Now, now listen closely. He said these fivefold ministries, evangelists, uh, excuse me, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers, are for the maturing or the equipping of the saints. And here's the reason a lot of Christians are in trouble today. They're trying to get through praying what only equipping in their local church will give them. And they're not getting much results. You can't get through prayer what only equipping can give you. Hearing the word in an atmosphere where Jesus is Lord, where the power of God is present. And another thing that people need to realize is this. And now listen, we read, you know, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Teachers are a part of the body of Christ. Uh, prophets are a part of it. But listen closely. Prophets ain't pastors. Amen. Teachers aren't pastors. Now, you can be a pastor-teacher, but just in specific talk right now, a teacher is not a pastor. There's an anointing. I, I know you might, might think I'm a little arrogant in saying this, but I'm not. I'm telling you, I'm totally just, just humbling myself before the Scriptures. You may not always need me, but you're going to need the anointing on my life as a pastor. I said, you may not always, and I may not always need you, but I'm going to need the anointing on your life at times that only you have from God that you can supply to the church. You got to watch out about getting offended at someone you need. <laughs> right? Because you can't receive from a minister you're offended at. And the devil knows this. Jesus came to his hometown, wanted to do mighty works, was empowered to do mighty works, and he could there do no mighty works because they, were, they dishonored him, they were offended at him, and they didn't believe in him. He was ready and able to do it, but they cut him off. Amazing to think you can cut the Lord off from helping you. And that's what the devil knows this. He know, he's constantly trying to get people offended at their divine connection so they don't get the nourishment from the head that they need. You, you don't have to like me, but you need to be at least wanting to receive from the anointing on your pastor. Like I need, want to receive from the anointing on your life. A prophet's not a pastor. Prophets are wonderful, but they're not pastors. And a lot of the, uh, the body of Christ, 
There was a time, not, oh, I don't know, years ago, it, things circulate every now and then. You live long enough, you see them come back again. Here it comes again. A while back, there was some interesting, not-so-biblical teaching going around that prophets and apostles were coming into local churches because, you know, first apostles, secondarily prophets, thirdly teachers, after that, you know, evangelists and pastors. They were coming into local churches, and they were telling the pastors, you better do this and you better do that. Not realizing that's not how it works. Apostles and prophets have to do with the church pretty much worldwide. Pastors have to do with local congregations. The, high, the, the, the person that God's going to talk to the most in a local church setting about what that church should do and how it should be governed is the pastor. There was times in my life my, when my mom was on the earth and she was alive, she'd have ideas about doing things, and, and, um, and, and I just knew it wasn't the Lord. I'd have to say, not going to work, you know? There's times I want to do things in the church. It's, it's, if it's, it's got to be the Lord, man. This is, is this a man's thing or is this a God thing? I, I can't even do what I want to do in this church, which is great because if I do what I want to do, we're not going to reach the heights that we can reach as a church. We've got to find out what he wants. So, this scripture says that Jesus said in the church, first, uh, excuse me, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Now, the word pastors, can you put that back on the screen? Ephesians 4, chapter 11. I want you to look at the word pastors. Was, has this, was this scripture up there? There it is. Can you make it bigger, please? So, Jesus, when he rose from the dead, just before he ascended, or as he was ascending on high, he gave gifts unto men. And he says, one of those gifts was the pastor. Now, the reason we need to talk about this gift here is we're talking about understanding the local church. If this is the year, and I believe it is the year of the local church, we need to understand some things about the local church, our part in the local church, God's purpose for the local church. And I underscore the word local all right, before I hit this, just listen to this. You read in the New Testament, almost all the letters were written to local churches. In the book of Revelation, where Jesus had seven messages through John, he said these are seven messages for seven specific local churches. Right? Smyrna, Thyatira, Sardius, uh, Laodicea, Ephesus, Philadelphia, uh, one other. And he said he had specific words for specific churches, and they were different words. How many know it's important to be in the church you're supposed to be in, so you're hearing the specific word you're supposed to, you know, you know the word catered for you perfectly concerning that trial that's about to hit your life? You know, the, the equipping that's perfect and specific for you because of that challenge that's right around the corner? You know what I mean? The word that's specific for you right here, right now in the Grand Valley, that specific word? Here's something you have to watch out. You have to watch out about going to the church that pleases your children. Now, if they're pleased at the church God wants you to be at, that's just a plus. That's just a, uh, that's a, a bonus. No, no, the Bible says God set members in the church as it has pleased Him. You need to be sensitive to what He's pleased with. It may not be the church closest to your house. It may not be the church your kids just go, Mommy, I want to go back there. They have so much fun. You better make sure in your spirit that you know this is where God wants you, this is where you're going to be equipped, this is where you're going to be helped, this is where you're going to serve. God set members in the body as it has pleased Him. You may or may not be pleased where He wants you, but you'll be the most helped where He wants you. And if you're sensitive and pray and you have an open heart and you're humble about it, you'll know exactly what church you're supposed to be a part of. And so he said here, pastor. So look at the word in Ephesians 4.11 again. Look at the word pastors. The word pastors means shepherds. Interesting. Jesus, when he ascended on high, gave shepherds unto men in the church. So I was reading this one day because I've got friends and acquaintances in my past, people in my past who, who've tried to tell me more than once that, I don't need to go to no church, John. I don't need to go to no church. I love the Lord. We have church at home. Um, 
Why did he give pastors? Put that back on the screen, please. Keep that scripture up there for a little while. Why would he have given pastors if he didn't want more than one church in a certain geographical location? He would have said, pastor. He would have said, I'm your shepherd. You don't need any under... He, the great shepherd, said that we all need under shepherds. This is something... See, I, I guess poor old Jesus didn't know that you could just sit at home and have church or in the mountains fishing. And Don't get me wrong, I, I love communing with God wherever I'm at, but that's different than a local church where there's an anointing of a pastor. Amen. Anointing of an... Here's one thing interesting about the shepherd's anointing. And that is that shepherds that are anointed of God have the power to watch over the flock by night. You know, the night seasons in your life when sickness attacks or a broken heart hits you upside the face or, or somebody start wanting to sue you unjustly or, or whatever, some challenge coming against you or... Huh? Well, interesting thing about the, a shepherd's anointing is the devil, if he, he can't get to you without having to first go through that prayer covering that's upon your church, that pastoral prayer covering. He has to go through the prayer covering to get to you. Now, do, do you understand, do you, do, you, do you realize there's no such thing as a Lone Ranger Christian? God did not design the system that we can make it on our own. Say, so, well, I have my Bible, and I, I know how to read, and I pray, and I talk to God in my own way, and I got this. Well, I guess we just throw this verse away then and say Jesus didn't know what he was talking about. We're okay without it. <laughs> do you think Jesus gave us something that we don't need, or do you think he gave us something that he really, really, really wants us to have because he knows we're going to need it? And I know this is kind of strong, but this is huge stuff. Now, now, I don't know if you realize that what you're doing right now in this congregation, I don't know if you realize that what you're doing by making the effort to come here right now, you are doing something Jesus did every week and sometimes daily. And he called it the Father's business. What you just did this morning, you are presently involved in the Father's business. Jesus was 12 years old, right? Luke chapter 2, verse 45. He's 12 years old. He stays behind. His family left. He's hanging out in the church. They get all, the family gets wondering where Jesus is. They come back. They find Jesus in the temple, in the midst of the doctors and teachers, hearing them and asking them questions. And they were astounded at his wisdom and understanding and answers. And he's 12 years old, and his parents find him. Joseph and Mary find him and said, Son, what are you doing? We've sought you sorrowing. What are you doing? And Jesus said, Why did you seek me sorrowing? Did you not know I must be about my father's business? God calls going to church the father's business. Jesus one day stood up. It says he was in the synagogue on the Sabbath day. Now he's 30 years old. He's in the synagogue on the Sabbath day as was his custom. Not a custom of the day that he was just conforming to. This was the Lord's custom. Do you know I can show you a scripture right now in, in uh, Psalm 69 in the contemporary English version. It says this about Jesus. Are you ready? Je and it was quoted after he ran those money changers out of the temple. Um, it was quoted. The disciples remembered that, oh, this is what Psalm 69 is talking about. Jesus, you know, took a scourge of cords and turned over tables and said, get out of here. My house is supposed to be a house of prayer. You made it a den of thieves, all your merchandising and all this and that. And the... And the, and the the Bible says that the disciples remembered, oh, this is that scripture, Psalm 69, talking about Jesus. Father, my love for your house burns in me like a fire. King James says, Lord, the zeal of your house has consumed me. It didn't say the zeal of him. Jesus didn't say the, the zeal of God. He said the zeal of his house. Everybody say house. Jesus says, my love for the Father's house. Not the Father, the Father's house. Of course he loved the Father, but a way he loved the Father is he loved the things of God in the earth realm. 
He said, my love for your house, Father, burns in me like a fire. David said, I'll dwell in the house of the Lord forever. David said, I'm glad when they said, let's go to the house of the Lord. David said, help comes from the sanctuary. David admired people who got to live there and dig the night watches in the house of God. There's something about the house of God, the people of God coming together, the corporate anointing, the glory of the Lord that can manifest here way more than at home. There's, the corporate anointing is stronger than any anointing. And the enemy knows this. The local church. The local church. The year of the local church. Think about that. What's God going to do in the local church in 2021? I don't know what he's going to do in all churches, but I know what he's going to do in his churches. Now, how many think it's, it's a good idea to ask a few questions, pray some prayers, maybe sit down and talk with the leaders of church before you just say, this is where I'm going to go and hang out and... You need to take it a little more serious than that. There are churches that people can start that God didn't call them to start. They're just good businessmen. They have a charismatic personality and they gain a few crowds. Some of them get pretty big crowds. Is that how you discern the right church for you by how many people go? <laughs> no, actually, I could quote a couple of scriptures that say watch out for the majority because they ain't going the right way. I'm not saying big, big churches are great. We're, grow, we're a growing church. We're going to grow too. I love all our allies and church friends out here in the valley and beyond. I love them very much. But you got to make sure that you're being equipped, not just entertained in a local church. You got to make sure your spirit's being fed and not just your emotions. Matter of fact, one sign that you're in the right church is there'll be some challenges challenging your character. Some people interpret that as, it's time to go, it's time to go. No, it's time to grow, it's time to grow. What, Timothy, what, what Paul tell Timothy? Endure hardness as a good soldier in Christ Jesus. You're going to disagree at times. You're going to be tempted to be offended at times. You're not going to get your way at times. You're going to feel ignored at times. You're going to feel mistreated at times. What do you do at times like that? You say, thank you, Lord, for an opportunity to grow up and not be a baby anymore. Thank you, Lord, for helping me actually go to the next level, not just feel another goosebump. One of the most important things... Church, listen. Um... So if somebody says, well, I just, you know, I don't, doesn't seem like church is doing that much for me. And doesn't, just doesn't seem that much is happening. How many of you know nothing happening can be really good? <laughs> you could be being protect from divorce. You could be being protect from an early death. Oh, I've been going to church and not much is happening. Not much happening can be really good. Amen. No head-on collisions on the highway. No cancers appearing in your body. Oh, no, I've just been going to church. Doesn't feel like that much has happened. Well, I hope this doesn't offend you, but I'm not sorry. <laughs> it's what's developed in you over time. <laughs> Come on, it's what's developed in you over time. Thank God for the goosebump you get in church. Thank God for the feelings you get in church. But I'm more thankful for what I have in me when crisis comes. I'm more thankful for what's been deposited in me week after week, month after month, year after year, and all of a sudden, kapow, count, boom, bow, something comes against me, and I'm ready to respond right. Amen. And not fall down dead, die young, and leave the earth early, and all of a sudden, I'm, I'm, I'm so thankful for the development that's happening in our lives as we come week after week and month after month to hear these things. Amen. Say this, I, I am right now doing the Father's business. You know, you're not always going to feel like doing the Father's business, right? Well, since when do Christians just decide, well, we'll do what we feel like? <laughs> On the contrary, if you do what you feel like, we probably won't see you in heaven. <laughs> I don't feel like I need Jesus. I don't feel like I need to live right. I don't feel like, follow your feelings and I don't know where you're going to end up. I want you to do this with me. Um, 
notice again, uh, before we go out of the scripture, just notice again, he gave pastors, shepherds. So I, what I want to do to you, do, do you, do for you, <laughs> what I want to do for you right now is I want to read you a little something about a sheep, about sheep and shepherds. Because the Bible here says that Jesus gave us gifts. One of those gifts was shepherds. Has to do with the local flock in a local body. Now prophets and apostles go beyond the local flock. The influence should be in the local flock. But pastors deal with the local sheepfold. So who established the local church? Can I answer that with a question? Who gave under shepherds? Somebody tell me, who gave under shepherds? His name starts with a J. Right. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Open book test, right? Jesus gave shepherds. Why would he give shepherds? Because he wants local sheepfolds. You could, you could stay at home, listen to good teaching. You could stay at home, listen to all the prophets, but you'll be missing a shepherd's anointing. I'm telling you, you need that shepherd's anointing. And like I said again, you may never need me, but you need the anointing on me. I confidently tell you right now, you, you know, there's a shepherd's anointing on me that's different than a teaching anointing. It's different than a prophet's anointing. It's different than an apostolic anointing. It's different than an evangelistic anointing. It's a shepherd's anointing, and it has a lot to do with helping you and caring for you and protecting you and guiding you. Not me, the anointing on me. Are you listening to me? Very important anointing, the shepherd's anointing. I've seen it. I've been a pastor for 33 years and I have seen sheep unhook, disconnect, and within a few days they're deceived, they're in strife, they're in offense, they start talking down what they used to know was right, they start getting deceived, the enemy comes with scriptures out of context, they get involved in this, they get involved. I know some people right now who I don't even know if they're saved anymore and they used to be the most on fire people in this church. I heard a report, it saddened me terribly. I don't even know if they believe Jesus is Lord anymore. Sad. Oh, we used to be right in the middle of the word of faith. I fear for them. It doesn't take long to get out from under the shepherd's anointing. And it's not me. It's the great shepherd working through the under shepherd. Do you see what I'm saying? Jesus shepherds you through pastors. Don't get me wrong. Pray at home. Get on your knees at home. Pray. Read your Bible. Hear other teachers. Hear other prophets. Definitely do that. But those things can't take the place of your rooting and planting in the house of God. If you think it can, you're already deceived. Oh, I guess we just tear this part out of the Bible. Jesus gave us pastors, but I don't need no local church. What are you doing? You're expressing the deception you're in. It's very clear. You say you don't need that. I mean, come on. Judah B could understand that. <laughs> My two-year-old grandson. Almost two years old. <laughs> Guys, if Jesus gave them, we must need them. Well, I got the teacher, and I'm here on the province, and I got this, and I got that, but I'm going to no local church. You're missing one of the most important gifts. Why, why would you push one aside? Uh, Pastor, I don't like you. Oh, I don't mean I like you. <laughs> but that's okay. Let's flow. Let's grow. Let's do the will of God. We can party in heaven, right? <laughs> ah, but I do love you. And I give my life for you. For 33 years, I won't keep doing it by the grace of God. I love it. I'm glad to do it. Love you greatly. Jesus is called the great shepherd. He has given under shepherds. So let me just read you a couple things here about sheep that you may not have known. Did you know that, that no sheep will survive in the wild without a shepherd? They may have teachers, may have prophets, may have... You won't survive in the wild without a shepherd. It says here, did you know that a sheep is the only animal that can get lost a mile away from its own home? They become so disoriented and confused that they will run in circles without finding their way back. Isn't that sad? 
How many people do you know are running in circles, have not progressed once at one, one foot in their spiritual walk since they left the church they were supposed to be a part of? It's, it's actually sad. Um, he, another, he also went on to say, this guy that was studying this, a sheep left to take care of itself is a dirty animal. It is one of the dirtiest animals because they can't clean themselves. A cat and a dog lick themselves clean. Birds peck themselves clean. But a sheep cannot clean itself. As they rub through the pasture and the bushes, they gather grease, dirt, seeds, vegetations, insects in their fleece. This is especially true at their back end, which tends to become one big, black, dirty mess, which they can't clean. I do not know of any other animal that has that problem. That's another reason why God chose sheep as our picture Some sheep just don't like the cleaning process. <laughs> I mean, have you ever heard of baby fuss? When you're trying to clean the diaper, you know, clean. I mean, just the other night, we were at Candy's, and I think Dominic was changing Judah, Judah Benjamin, Judah B, and um, I heard him, I said, like, what are you doing using sandpaper on your boy? What's going on back there? The cleaning process is not fun. You're going to hear things in church you ain't going to like at times. And that means you're in a really good church because the pastor's not afraid to do it for fear of you leaving. Oh, let's, let's don't rock the boat. I think we need to put on our sign, Faith Heights Church will return boats over. <laughs> we don't rock no boat, we turn them over. Then we throw you a lifesaver. <laughs> Come on, man. No chastisement for the moment seems to be joyous but grievous. But afterwards it yields the peaceable fruits of righteousness to them that are exercised thereby. I say if you're going to church and you never hurt, your pastor's weak. Hmm. We have to crack another joke right now. <laughs> No, seriously, I've been there. I know, I know what it's like to yield to fear of men. I know what it's like to preach something and you know that high tither might leave. And... But you know what? I, I did get delivered after 33 years from worrying about that kind of stuff. Obviously, many have left. <laughs> but I, I would rather have, you know, the biggest giver in our church is God and he ain't going to leave if I'm going to please him, so... Um, let me finish on. You want to hear some more about the sheep? <laughs> now, sheep, unlike a lot of other animals, they have very, they don't have any defenses. I mean, their claws, I don't know. <laughs> when was the last time you heard? I was, I was clawed by a sheep. <laughs> I mean, sheep have very little defense. God designed the system in such a way where we need each other and totally need him. And we need him through each other. And a, a, a MO, a mode of operation of the enemy, of the devil, is to get you separated. Because he'll get you disoriented. You won't have any defenses like you could. There's no prayer covering. Those, and I'm even thinking about formal membership again. I liked it when we invited people to come forward and that said they have chosen Faith Heights Church as their church home and we handed them a letter of acceptance, prayed over them and prophesied over them and let the whole church see their new family member. I like that. We might get back to that because, because I, think, I think we need to commit to the local church God's called us to more than we think. Because if you're not committed... It's easy to slip out the back door and we don't get your way. How many know when you commit in front of people like a marriage, you know? Don't be afraid to commit. If you're... Can I meddle? If, I, if half of you raise your hand, I'll meddle. Can I meddle a little bit? That's more than half. Okay, I have... Um, 
why the Bible didn't say a man shall leave his father and mother and cleave to his girlfriend the Bible calls it wife marriage don't be afraid to commit why are you afraid to commit why are you afraid to stand up in front of witnesses before God an anointed minister make your vows go through the wedding ceremony the marriage coming why are you afraid to do that because if you're afraid to do that, you're already in trouble. Come on, you got to be able to stand up and commit and say, you know what? I'm going God's way. I'm going to commit to this person for the rest of my life. And with the help of God, it's going to be awesome. Why don't people commit? Because they think, well, it may not work out. Already defeated. Already defeated. Why don't people commit to local churches? Because they want an easy way out in case it's not exactly what they wanted. Now church, listen closely. We have thought that the local church was primarily and only for us to be ministered to from the leadership. But the early church in Acts 13, it says they're in the church that was at Antioch certain prophets and teachers and it lists a whole bunch of them that were there prophets and teachers in the local church yeah prophets and teachers need the local church the local church needs the prophets and teachers and the prophets and teachers need the local church they need the local church well I'm a prophet and I'm a mighty teacher and I don't need no local church you're acting like a baby no if you didn't need a local church, why did Jesus give pastors? Some people are looking for Jesus and, and, and they pray a prayer and they sense his touch, but they, they never listen to what he says in prayer. Because if you're, if you're praying to God and you're humble and, you're, and, and you're, you're sincere on the inside, you really want his will, you're going to hear these words. You ready? Go to church. Jesus is going to say, you know why he's going to say that? Because he went. In a synagogue, every Sabbath day, as was his custom. And you talk about an imperfect church. Few days out, same day. Luke 4, that was a church that when they heard Jesus preach and say, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, he's anointed me to set you free and your babies free, it said they got mad at him and the people in the church did their best to push him off the brow of a hill to his death. And Jesus just kind of walked right through the midst of them, kind of like, like he turned invisible, like he went stealth or something. He just, just walked right through the middle of them and he kept preaching. Talk about an imperfect church. Then you find him back in the church. Sabbath day, sometimes every day. How many know the Lord's not going to go, Oh, I understand why you left that church. It was imperfect. Yeah, I, 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 I realize that. Oh, that leadership, yeah, they made some bad mistakes. Yeah, I understand. Jesus is going to go, You left your church because of that little stuff? I kept going to a church that the church tried to kill me. And you left because of that? Jesus is going to go, uh, you should have stayed. Not because of the people, but because it's your father's business. And if you go to a church because Jesus Christ wants you to go, you'll be less prone to leave when man messes up and tries to make it uncomfortable for you. Come on, if you're going for the Lord, then you're not staying for, you're not staying for people. So, I wanted to say this to you, beloved. <laughs> so, um, I wanted to say this, that I have a personal testimony. Let me read it. <laughs> um, seriously, I... I remember sharing this a few times in the past, and I think it's worth repeating. It's kind of strong, but it's, it's good. It's good for your thoughts. Um, when Carl and I got married in 1984, we decided, and it wasn't even like a, 
okay, let's sit down, let's, let's figure out this plan. We just knew in our hearts that the call of God was on this marriage. And for some gracious, wonderful, merciful reason, we just knew the church was a big deal. Mondo. Huge. The Father's business. The body of Christ himself. The Bible says Jesus loved the church and gave himself for it. He loved the church. That includes local churches. It's like there's molecules, there's cells, there's atoms. It's like the, the, the church is like a part of the whole. Just like you're individually a part of the body of Christ. Churches are like bigger cells in the body of Christ. And I know from personal experience, I mean, I've, I've made mistakes. I mean, I've made terrible mistakes as a pastor. Mondo. And sometimes I look at our lives and I say, Carla, we're still here. We're still here. This is amazing. And the Lord keeps bringing back to my remembrance. He says, you stay hooked, you'll get through anything. Even things a other thousand don't get through. Stay hooked. I mean, we're still here. Our marriage is still here. I'm attributing this to our love for his things, our, our, our love for the house of God. Like David, I set my affection on the house of my God. This was not a duty to him. Our kids are still here. And we didn't have to threaten them. <laughs> we didn't have to promise them a bunch of candy. <laughs> They're still here. To this day, grandkids are here. And I can honestly tell you, it's not because of how good I've been, how, how perfect we've been, how smart we are. We just learned a long time ago, if we put his kids first, he'll put our kids first. I know there may be better language to share that, scripturally speaking, but we knew that if we had great care for his kids and things that were directly concerning to his kids, our kids would just want to follow. I can't see the Lord doing anything else other than that. And if you have kid problems, fear not. We're praying for you. And we pray, if you, if you don't want answers, you don't ask us to pray. We kick the devil out. We rebuke powers of darkness. And if you want us to pray, you better get ready for an answer to prayer because it can't not happen. And at the same time, some of the things you're hearing right now will help you tremendously. Let's look at a few scriptures and we'll close. Go to the book of Psalms. The book of Psalms, chapter 92. I should say Psalm 92. This is the year of the local church. We're going to see the full power of the church in these days. I sense the Holy Spirit right now saying the anointing on me is going to increase greatly to help you. To help you. I sense it already starting. The anointing on your pastor is going to increase to help you. The anointing on you is going to increase to help the body of Christ right here. The anointing's increasing on us. This is the year of the local church. What does that mean? This is the year of a greater anointing upon the body of Christ in local churches. This is it. The anointing of God. It's increasing upon the church. Do you know there's a scripture that says, Jesus said, the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. Say, well, maybe that's the universal body of Christ. Do you want to chance it? Just get and be a part of a church. Right? Do you really want to chance it? Well, I think that's for the universal. No, I know it's for the universal, but I also know it's for the body of Christ, the local church. 
There shouldn't be anything that comes against you, your children, your grandchildren, your finances, your marriages, mine, my kids, my family. There shouldn't be anything that comes against any one of us in this church that can prevail against us if we'll all just believe we are who God says we are. We are the church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. There's nothing that can invade you that we can't stop. Psalm 92. And let's look here at verse 13. King James says, Those that be planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall still bring forth fruit in old age. They shall be fat and flourishing. Now, when he's talking about fat, he's talking about fat in peace, fat in joy, fat with health, fat pocketbook, peel-off rolls. Like Brother Moore says, peel-off rolls. You just, somebody touches your heart, you peel another one off and give it to them. Twenties, fifties, hundreds, whatever you want to believe up to. Now, now notice, those that what? Those that what? Verse 11, those that what? 12, those be planted. Those that be planted. What does that mean? You ain't visiting. <laughs> You're not a guest after the first time, right? Or, you, you listen, we love guests in our church. We, lo we love them. We lo but we're hoping that they get to the planting stage so this can happen in their life. Planted? What? 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 Planted? Now, I know there's floaters that kind of float from church to church. I guess they feel like they're more spiritual. That'd be like me saying, um, well, that'd be kind of gross to say on a Sunday morning. Um, how many of you know you're not being more spiritual just because you're hanging out with a different group of people every week? There's, there's certain parts of the body that will never touch other parts of the body physically. But they're in the same body. They're working for the same purpose. And it doesn't mean they're not in unity if the nose and the armpit, armpit aren't hanging out all the time. Right? The nose and the armpit doesn't have to hang out to feel a part of the same body. There's a false unity is why I'm saying this. And it's preying on, on, on people's ignorance. And it's making people feel bad for something they shouldn't feel bad about. You shouldn't feel bad about finding your place and staying faithful till the Lord comes. I said you shouldn't feel bad about finding your place, staying rooted, staying planted until Jesus comes. Amen. Amen. We've been pressured before as a church because we're not always involved with these uh, other church activities in the city. Some we are because the Lord says do it. Some we're not because we don't... Can I be quite honest with you? A lot of it we just don't have time for. We're so busy doing what the Lord told us to do right here. Like we're, we're the hand. Let us do the hand. Well, if you're not going to come and, and, and have this march with us, then you're just, you know, being weird. You just don't believe in unity. On the contrary, I believe more in unity than you do. Because if God told us to do this, and we stop doing this and go over here and do that, we're not doing what God told us to do anymore. Unity is about finding your part and doing what he told. I'm all for a giant gathering. Let's have one. But, that's not true unity. True unity is the hand doing what the hand's supposed to do, the ear doing what the ear's supposed to do, foot doing what the foot's supposed to do, and they're all totally different things. Should I close? Should we close? Let me read this out of the New Century Version. Do you have the NCV back there? If you don't, I'm going to read Psalm 92, verse 14 out of the New Century Version. The Bible says when you're planted in the house of the Lord, when you're old, you'll still produce fruit and you'll be healthy and fresh. Healthy and fresh because you're planted in the house of God. Healthy and fresh. Healthy and fresh. I like one, one thing about this is uh, you're going to make it to old age. <laughs> right? And you're not going to be frail and dementia, have dementia. Say this, I'll never have dementia. Never. Ever! Ever! In Jesus' name. In Jesus name. 
because you have the mind of Christ. Speak it out of your mouth. Decree it and declare it. All right, so the new century says when they're old, they'll still produce fruit and they'll be healthy and fresh. Uh, the God's Word translation says they that are planted in the Lord's house, they blossom in our God's courtyards. Even when they're old, they'll still bear fruit. They are always healthy and fresh. Say, I'm fresh. The easy-to-read version in verse 14 says, Even when they are old, they'll continue producing fruit like young, healthy trees. The CEV says they'll take, they will take root in your house, Lord God, and they will do well. They'll be like trees that stay healthy and fruitful even when they're old. Now, I did a little research, and there's some high-profile high people that have done surveys about church attendance, and I'll close, and I'll leave this with you guys. But it says that uh, if, if people that regularly attend church, this is just your normal average church, maybe not like us, we're not really normal. <laughs> uh, so maybe times uh, 10 when I read this concerning a church like this. Uh, it says people that attend church regularly, they sleep better. It says they have less depression and less thoughts of suicide. These are, these are the bigwigs. These are the, the bigwigs doing all these polls. BBC did some of them. Harvard did some of them. It said they have less depression. They have better marriages. Longer life. Lower blood pressure. And those are mild compared to a church like this. Those are mild benefits compared to a church like this. I'm, I'm saying that by the mercy and grace of God and by the truth of God. We believe that victory is for everybody. We believe that uh, you have power over all these demon forces and nothing shall by any means hurt you. We believe in resisting the devil and he will flee from you. We believe in the power of the name of Jesus. We believe you have authority as a child of God. We believe that if we believe what we receive when we pray, we'll have it. We believe we have faith. We... Not everybody believes like that. Why don't you stand up with me? Well, Pastor, I don't think it's that big a deal to be part of a local church. Wait till the next crisis comes! Well, Pastor, I don't think it's that big a deal to be in church. Wait till the next evil day comes your way. You'll be so thankful you got something in you. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. For more information about this ministry, visit faithheights.org. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. To sow into this ministry, visit faithheights.org and click on the Donate tab.